Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Welcome to this late hour. A look at the world through the lens of scripture. I'm your host, Casey Knowlton. Well, welcome everyone back to this late hour. My name is Casey and I'm joined once again here with David. Hey Casey, it's good to be with you again. It's good to have you, man. So obviously this is uh, not the Genesis problem uh, that has been put on hold due to everything going on right now with the vaccines. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to for a while, I've wanted to talk about this, but just I think really there's been more of an urgency because I'm seeing the division it's bringing to our country, to our churches, and that just we just need to have a conversation about it. Uh, in fact, more mandates and restrictions are coming and, and may have even been announced already by the time uh, you'll be listening to this episode. I'm going to put a link in the show description to a great article from a pastor named Matt Keller regarding the mandates. And I'd invite everyone to read that. It's very well done and very uh, insightful. Uh, Before we dive in, I just think given everything that's going on and what we're diving into today, it'd be good to pray. So let's do that. (sighs) Father God, just thank you that you are sovereign, that you are good, that you are holy. Thank you that uh, you love us, that you are with us, that you are for us. Father God, I just pray you would bring grace and peace to all those listening who have lost loved ones to COVID or related to COVID. Lord God, those who may have loved ones uh, in the hospital or extremely ill from COVID or related issues to COVID, Lord, I just pray grace and peace on them also. And Lord God, I just pray that you'd bring wisdom for all of us as we navigate these difficult times and these difficult issues. We ask for an abundance of wisdom and grace, grace for each other and grace for people's different uh, opinions and decisions about things that we may be very passionate about. And Lord God, uh, lastly, but not least, I just ask for your protection over this podcast and over David and I, as we uh, talk through this and in love and truth and grace and pray that our equipment and technology would work as it's supposed to, and that you would just be with us. And we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So there's been a lot of assumptions uh, that have been getting made about those who do or do not choose to be vaccinated. And today I just want to have a very peaceful conversation about the reasons why David and I have both made the choices we have concerning the COVID-19 vaccines, and basically just simply go back and forth. Uh, First, through kind of a discussionary uh, format, I'm going to 
kind of go through some stuff and we'll talk about it back and forth. And then eventually we'll get to a point where we just ask each other questions back and forth, uh, kind of interview style, um, very casual and just, just talk through the issue. And I think this is important because I don't think people are sitting down to really listen to each other anymore. We're just placing each other in camps or groups or, you know, and making these sort of dangerous assumptions. And I think that's, that's really harming us as a church and, and certainly as a society. Now, neither of us are going to be advising any of you to get or to not get the vaccine. We're not doctors. We are not lawyers. We are not nurses. We're just a couple of Christian men who are concerned about this issue and want to bring peace and grace into it, into the church, and hopefully encourage some of those listening who are not Christians as well uh, in navigating all of this. Um, so one of the things we need to consider, because this episode is titled A House Divided, and that's from the scripture from Matthew. This is where Jesus is being confronted by the Pharisees after he's driven a demon out of someone. And they're saying, you, you drove that demon out with the power of Satan. And he said, well, you know, Satan being divided against Satan doesn't make any sense. He says, you know, in Matthew 12, 25, every kingdom divided against itself is, is laid waste and no city or house divided against itself will stand. Um, so the enemy of the church, Satan, would love for nothing more than for us to divide over all of the issues surrounding COVID and the vaccines. But as Jesus reminds us here in Matthew, we won't stand if we continue to divide over these things. So today's podcast is an attempt to bring some unity and peace into these very divis divisive times and issues. Uh, one of the problems I have seen firsthand with this whole issue is misinformation and censorship. Now, Many of us have decided to get our facts from only one set of experts or news sources. And there is an effort by tech giants, big pharma, corporate media to mostly report on the positives of the vaccines and the shots, and really just to continue and pump up a narrative of fear and anxiety about continued infection. And this has bred further mistrust in our government and healthcare systems and it's also spreading mistrust among one another individually. Uh, you know, I, I just see, I see it all the time. I go out into a store, uh, you know, I'm driving on the road and just people are ready to pop. They're tense. It's everywhere. And I, I you know, and, and as a church, especially right now, we need to, to stop feeding the fire of mistrust and division and come together uh, on something that's not, it's not an orthodoxy issue. We're not, this is not heretical stuff. I mean, this is, a, these are personal matters of liberty and we need to come together on, on, on this, stop making assumptions and, you know, realize this has been a challenging situation for everybody. Um, you know, as I read in the beginning of the show, uh, that long verse from Romans, Romans 12, 18 reminded us, if possible, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. And really right now we need more peace in this situation than fear. Have you, have you experienced that David, just seeing the fear in people? Have you noticed that with maybe just friends or, or being out of the store or, I mean, what's it like there where you're living? You know, it's um, even where I'm living there, there is still a fair amount of fear. 
Um, and it's, you know, in a, in a lot of cases there isn't, especially when people are outside, but it's definitely changed the dynamic of how we relate to each other. Um, and, you know, during the, the initial waves of the pandemic, I definitely felt, you know, the fear personally. Um, and it took me a while to come to grips with that and realize it's okay, you know, and there are things that we need to fear a lot more than even the worst case scenario here, which is death. Mm. I think we should be a lot more afraid of sin than we are of death, but, um, you know, the, the, uh, you know, our own personal sin, not somebody else's sin. Uh, but, um, yeah, I've noticed a lot of fear. I've noticed it in my own life. I've noticed it around in stores and yeah, I'm seeing some of the same behavior in others. And I'm, um, oh, yeah. And I think a lot of the fear, it's not just COVID necessarily. It's some of the other, um, political issues are kind of compounding on top of that, mm -hmm. that are, um, causing us to fear each other and put each other in groups. And, I see that sometimes in my own relationships with some of my own family, when these issues come up, there's this fear that rises up that, Oh, we have to, you know, um, pound them into conformity with the, the right perspective, you know, right. Um, versus just giving them the freedom to be, even if they're wrong. And I have to say, I've, I, I've struggled with that because to me, certain things are so obvious and yet, it's not my place <laughs> to it, 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 it's, it creates such an unhealthy dynamic when you're really just trying to control another person and what's driving that need to control is entirely fear. Yeah. I think you're describing a kind of a codependent need to pound them into conformity. And I, you know, I confess I struggle with that too. And, and for me uh, it's very palpable with anger. And a lot of it's righteous anger and, and you all know, uh, just for masks, for instance, you know, whatever your uh, different opinion may be on masks, you know, everyone's got an opinion on it, of course. And, you know, we'll, we'll share some of ours today, but um, I, I think every there's, there's something that, you know, we can all agree on is that, you know, the masks are really only meant supposed to be meant for when you're in large groups or, you know, or particularly in closed quarters and, you know, I'll see somebody, and this is common. They're in their car by themselves. They're on a bike by themselves. They're walking out and, you know, 90 degree temperatures wearing a mask. And I just get so angry. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's not going to do anything. And I, I just find myself getting like really worked up. I'm like, well, that, my getting angry is not going to change anything. <laughs> like they, they don't even know who I am. And I just drove by in like three seconds. They don't even probably know I was there. And I'm letting this really get to me. And so I'm falling into this, you know, you know, it's not really been fear for me. It's been anger and just letting it just stir me up in an unhealthy way. And, you know, it's, it's part of the fruit mm -hmm. of what I see going on, you know, and I know for a lot of people, it's been fear. You know, I have family members who are more afraid and, and certainly we have friends and, um, you know, I know people who work in different industries where there's a lot more fear like teachers, for instance, they, they're around more, more of that spirit of fear. And it's really been gripping our hearts and our minds over the last year and a half or more. I mean, it's, you know, it's unhealthy, you know, the anger, the fear, all of it, it's very unhealthy. In fact, you know, a teacher I do know told me about one of her young elementary students 
going back to masks, actually, he was choosing to be masked because they, the, the students, I, the, the parents of the students can decide at this particular school. And so this, this particular boy was masked and these are young kids, you know, early elementary. And uh, another student accidentally like brushed the kid's mask with his ha- hand and <clears throat> the masked kid just screamed in terror about getting COVID. Oh, it's good COVID. I'm going to get COVID. Uh. I mean, just terrified. And uh, the teacher offered him a new sealed mask, you know, and the little plastic had never been opened. And he just refused to wear it. He said, I will not take off this mask until everyone in the world is vaccinated. And it's been two weeks later. And I just thought, how terrible for someone that young to be living with that amount of fear. And, you know, kind of going on a little bit of a, it's not really a tangent, but related to vaccines and this whole COVID issue of mitigation and all of this, you know, really we've been very fortunate that COVID-19 has not been getting children extremely sick or leading to child deaths. I mean, that's a, there, that's the exception to the rule. If that's, if that does happen. And there, there's truly a piece to that and a praise that's praise, you know, a praise we can give out. Like, thank God kids aren't dropping dead left and right from this. How much harder it would be to have just busloads of kids being on ventilators. I mean, it'd be awful. So there's a praise to that. Right. And part of what, you know, that thing I was talking about earlier that gets me so angry is that we have all these young children that are being denied a regular education free from these mitigation strategies that really, in my estimation, based on that story I just shared and other things I've been reading and seeing, it's causing far more harm to their health than the virus ever has, certainly up to this point. And it just, it rattles me up, really does. I don't know about you, but I I don't know how much you've experienced with the, you know, the kids and and the education stuff going on, but I don't know. It's really, really tweaked me. (laughs) Yeah. I've heard um, some people, I I was just talking to a college professor uh, a week ago and he was saying, that the masks really changed the dynamic uh, that he has in his classrooms with his college students. And so I imagine that gets amplified in these kids who this is the only normal they know now. And I'm thinking of the youngest kids, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, th- those just entering kindergarten. Um, it's probably going to, I mean, <laughs> it is going to to change them in ways that we cannot really um i mean we can we can guesstimate what's going to happen but but the reality is it is going to make major changes to their psychology to their ability to relate socially and all sorts of things that we haven't even really begun to understand the impacts of what of this yeah well yeah that same teacher was telling me that uh essentially all these students uh you know, they're having to make up for all of the lack of of education that's been had in the last year and a half. You, you know, and this is a second grade class and, you know, you've got kindergarten level reading abilities. You've got first grade level. I mean, they're all over, you know, different levels of, of basically trauma over, over the last year. And I just think it's so unfortunate and, and unfair to the children to be doing that, you know, um, so that's been really hard. I, I just think it's remember, we should remember um, fear is not from God. That's not a fruit of the spirit. 
And uh, I think Second Timothy 1, 7 uh, says it best. It says, God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, as Christians, we should be using our God-given power to protect our children, not merely from the virus, but from being politically weaponized, because that is happening. I mean, regardless of, you know, a person's politics, that's, it's definitely absolutely positively happening with this for whatever reason. And I could go on tangents on why I think that is. I'm not interested in doing that today, but we need to be protecting them from that. And uh, our youngest uh, children in most cases are the least vulnerable. And I think we need to remember that in our efforts, efforts to love them well. I mean, to offer them some sense of a normal life. And, uh, you know, we also need to remember to love others by not maligning them if they choose to mask or not mask, be vaccinated or not vaccinated and take time to understand them as people, individual people, not as a category or a statistic or a group, the masked and the unmasked, the vaccinated, the unvaccinated. I mean, this is classic critical theory stuff at work in our culture on a grand level, the black and the white, the gay and the straight, the poor and the, and the wealthy. I mean, this is classic Marxist socialism tactics, critical theory tactics, one-on-one. Yes, it is. You know, and and most important of all in this situation, being of sound mind, we need to understand that not one group of experts or doctors get to rule our lives through mandates and edicts with any sickness or condition. Don't we typically get a second or third opinion, particularly if the diagnose uh, diagnosis is serious or even semi-serious. I mean, you know, I get a lump in my scrotum. I'm going to go see more than one doctor, you know? I mean, yet we just assume, you know, one or two people on TV have all the answers. I, I, you know, many doctors are for the vaccines, but many are not. I think that needs, I mean, that should matter to us. I mean, that says something, you know? I mean, uh, why are 40% of the healthcare workers not wanting to be vaccinated. You know, that's, that's interesting to me. And that that makes me scratch my head. Don't you see, uh, you know, some of these uh, sort of Marxist critical theory tactics at work and all this? Yeah, I absolutely do. There is definitely a strong element of divide and conquer. Um, And even if you lay, you lay aside the conquer part, because that would imply some sort of agency um, which is a totally different subject. Uh, the the divisions that are arising are pretty profound, and our our tendency to um, put people in groups is definitely being um, aggravated. Especially the more we're separating from others and just relating online, and um, our online relationships are probably further, you know, leading us into some echo chamber or another. Um, yeah, there, there, I can definitely see that we are being corralled into groups to make us, um, less empathetic towards the, the, the out group, whatever that may be. And I definitely see this, uh, happening a lot with, um, you know, the, the political and technocratic establishment is, is very much playing into this as much as they can. They're, they're, the language that they're using is, towards 
the unvaccinated and stuff like that. You know, and I don't have any examples in front of me, but you get the impression it's very much they're trying to, you know, create, uh, point, paint the picture as of them as the out group, as second class citizens. In fact, I mean, the president at one point said that he's like, there are two Americas, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And I cannot think of a worse possible way of dealing with this question um, than, you know, trying to uh, create those sorts of divides. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is at least in some level, it's it's effective over the short run because there's a number of people within a given group who will, if you tell them, oh, you're in the out group, you can take this action in order to move into the in group. They will take it because they really don't want to look like an outsider. No, you know, so they're, they're, they may have, you know, whatever reasons for not getting the vaccine, but you tell them, oh, you're, you're, you're socially ostracized now. Well, that'll, that'll, that'll move the needle. So, I mean, I mean, uh, and that's what the president's basically trying to do is, is to, is to uh, move some of those, you know, maybes over by using um, this kind of social ostracizing tactic. And it's just a bad plan long-term. That is not going to end well. Yeah, it makes me wonder, you know, um, I mean, it it seems very intentional to me. Now, it's not like these people are that stupid. They know what they're doing. And I had a very well-meaning family member say, you know, oh, the vaccines aren't political. This is just about our health. And, uh, you know, I just kind of went, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And I no. No, it's not just about our health. And I, I think that's a little bit naive to think that, yeah, whatever, even if that were were the case in the beginning, it's not the case now. Um, Right. Yeah. And, and so. Uh, Prior to COVID, we were already coming into a stage where virtually every aspect of life was gradually getting politicized. Health was one of those areas that was thankfully somewhat immune to that problem, at least to a degree. And that's gone, unfortunately. And the way that COVID has handled, been handled from day one has been entirely political. I mean, I'm reminded of the World Health Organization t- tweeting out on January the 14th of 2020 that um, this novel coronavirus was, there w- that there was no evidence whatsoever that this novel coronavirus had any human-to-human transmission. And Taiwan, the country, had alerted them to at least two weeks prior, back in December, um, that they had very strong evidence of human-to-human transmission was occurring. And the, the WHO's response was to say, Taiwan isn't a country, therefore they don't count. And I mean, that, would, that, was, that, was, that was our starting point in terms of politicization of this catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh... You know, and again, it's it's one of those things where, you know, even given this podcast, remember the times in which you're living, right? In the last days, it's not like uh, things are good old hunky dory, you know, you know, fireworks and apple pie. I mean, this it's not that way anymore. It's just not, and we need to be, you know, realistic about the times in which we find ourselves living. And, and, you know, and that whole idea of censorship has been such a problem because, you know, I could, I could bring up a whole bunch of just uh, great information from 
from doctors and, and doctor communities who are being maligned because they will not come out and just completely endorse the vaccines. And, you know, they may not even be necessarily anti-vaccine. They're just raising questions and, right, you know, immediate censorship. And then they go, well, what's that about? You know? Yeah, it's not about, it's definitely not about facilitating an honest um, scientific dialogue. That, that is for sure. Yeah, I really get tired of hearing trust the science. When the people saying that, look, look I'll just say it, Anthony Fauci. I mean, he's a proven liar. In fact, right. he was, he, he, it's proven he's perjured himself in front of Congress. He's had more emails come out that show uh, that they absolutely were funding gain of function research in Wuhan, trying to figure out if they could get, you know, how this virus would transfer from bat to human. And they, that's what gain of function is. They basically generate that response. You tell me, is it a coincidence that uh, the first, uh, you know, known outbreak of this was a couple blocks from that that lab? I mean, <laughs> why would I trust anything right. he says? He's a proven liar, and yet people are holding him up in this. Quite frankly, it is idolatrous. We are, we have come to this place where we are holding up on our so- shoulders and pedestals. These experts, the expert class, um, even uh, doctors, the opinions of doctors and, uh, you know, different uh, news and things. It's just, it's amazing to me the amount of trust we're giving over to some of these people and institutions. And then on the other hand, saying, uh, you know, on one hand, we trust them all. On the other hand, well, depending on which party is, I just trust them all. I mean, just there's there's an amount of hypocrisy that, that goes on with it. And then, of course, we can't have an honest conversation, which I think is part of the point of this, because everyone's getting their news from different places and people are lying and 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 purposely pumping out misinformation or propaganda or sort of coloring the facts, if you will. And so... It's really hard to have a to have a honest conversation. Yeah, um, and I, you know, I'd actually observed this um, several years ago with uh, vaccine debates, and, and obviously this was long before COVID, so these were totally different vaccines. And in a in a large measure, you'll find a number of people who are opposed to these COVID vaccines who are fully vaccinated with every other you know major vaccine out there. Um, and there's various reasons for that. I don't, not time to, to get into that, but, um, my observation back then was that really, um, the reason people could not talk to each other was it came down to trust and your trust colors, your sources, uh, which is eventually, you know, basically, you know, you know, some, some, uh, philosophers have had observed that when people are debating, um, religious subjects where, where, the, where their presuppositions, uh, start kind of determines their outcome. And so people who starting at different presuppositions really just are in, incapable of talking to each other. Um, and I was seeing the same thing, uh, with the vaccine debate that the people on either side were really just talking past each other. And it dawned on me that the, that the, the key differential there was trust, whether you trust, um, you know, the, the mainstream or more fringe sources, or, you know, I shouldn't even say fringe cause that's, that's kind of like a loaded word that implies prejudice. Right. But you know, the, the non-mainstream sources, um, 
you know, who, whoever people were trusting there kind of um, colored their whole outlook and, and it, it made conversation impossible. Yeah, no, I, I, I could see that. And that's, uh, again, we need to be in a place where we can have conversation. If that's being shut down, I mean, that's the whole problem. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, we've already got these problems in our, our society pre-COVID, but these are really just being exacerbated um, in some cases deliberately. And in some cases, just um, I think it's happening or in some cases it might just be, you know, temporarily expedient. Um, but we're definitely seeing even more fracturing in terms of, of sources. So when people say follow the science, they can mean completely different things from each other <laughs> and right. be fully convinced that their science is, is the correct science. Well, I, you know, that's kind of a, that's a tactic actually, the hijacking of words and meaning and, and you're deconstructing language and um, right. what's a man, what's a woman. I mean, you can, you can't even, you don't even know what to say because you don't even know how to speak anymore. Like your language is literally being right. torn apart because you know, they're adding meanings to things and, you know, what one person means by the science, another person means another thing. And what, what, what one person means by justice, someone means something else. You know, it just, it's the danger of the times we're in. And since we're, uh, well, I think it'd be a good time uh, to actually just really start asking each other some questions about the vaccines and just get a little personal and uh, kind of dive into this. So and with all of that, I would like to enter a time of Q&A back and forth uh, between David and I and just simply ask each other some questions about our choice regarding the vaccines. So, David, uh, did you get the vaccine? And if so, which one? Yes, I did. And I got the Moderna vaccine. Okay. And so what was your primary reason for getting the jab? Um, well, I have a high risk family member, um, and in order to protect this family member, um, I felt like that was a helpful step in reducing, uh, any transmission risk. And we weren't even sure how this family member was going to respond to the vaccine personally because of, um, immune deficiency. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it wasn't just a question of, you know, okay, this family member could get the vaccine and then be protected and everybody else can just, you know, do what they want. It's a little more complicated than that. And so, um, I did decide to, to get it, um, a little bit hesitantly for sure. Um, because I did have some concerns around side effects. Um, but it does, it did seem like somewhat of an effective uh, mitigation strategy. Definitely uh, seemed more effective at the time than it does now, but it still may have some benefit. May I ask uh, with the family member who was uh, higher risk, was there any kind of notable, uh, well, first of all, did that family member end up getting the shot as well? And was there any side effect issues or? Yes, they, uh, they did, did get the shot um, and actually, thankfully, did uh, develop uh, some degree of antibodies. Um, so that, that that was a good thing. So there was no known uh, negative side effects that you could tell? 
Right. And I mean, that wasn't, uh, I don't know if I misspoke, but the side effects were not the concern for the family member. It was just whether or not the, it would actually be effective. Um, Cause there's been another, uh, this family member had also uh, not, not had a reaction to several other vaccines, uh, some, you know, some of the uh, standard vaccines mm-hmm. um, or the, the, the uh, immunity given by the vaccine would fall off really quickly because of their immune issue. Gotcha. But it doesn't sound like uh, there were any negative side effects, which is a good thing. I had a- absolutely zero side effects. Now I um, took a few, I took uh, a lot of zinc and vitamin D. I have no idea whatsoever if that had anything to do with anything, but that's my personal um, stat. Other people I know have have gotten sick for a couple of days and, and things like that. But yeah. Do, do you have any regrets in getting the jab? Um, well, not having any side effects. It's hard to, hard to say I have regrets. I, I mean, I do kind of hope that it provides some degree of immunity. Um, I still, you know, have some concerns about what long-term side effects might be, you know, it's a little bit of worry about that, but I don't know. I try not to, to think about that too much because it wasn't, you know, if, if it was just me, maybe I wouldn't have, um, I'm not, I'm not real sure, but um, uh, you know, be coming to the conclusion that it was about protecting somebody that I care about very deeply. Um, you know, those kind of side effects became secondary. Mm-hmm. Right. No. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I had, uh, you know, I've had, uh, some of my older family members who, uh, you know, definitely went in and got their shots and I was supportive of that because they were higher risk and, uh, there was some immune issues there as well. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it makes, it makes sense to me, uh, you know, the most vulnerable and getting, making sure they're protected is, uh, to the best of our ability. Uh, what, what can you give maybe just a few reasons you think it might be worth considering getting one of the vaccines if you had to? Um, well, there does seem to be some benefit in terms of hospitalization rate. Obviously, the uh, transmission levels was one of the things that we were hoping that the vaccine would, uh, Im- or, you know, reduce transmission of the coronavirus. And it really does not seem to be uh, reducing transmission all that much, especially with the Delta variant. It seems like, uh, you know, again, I'm not, I'm no expert on this, but it just, it seems like, um, vaccinated people are still spreading it at something akin to the same rate as the unvaccinated. And I, I don't know if that's exactly true, but it's obviously it's non-zero. Um, but anyway, that was, that was the main reason that I wanted to get it in the first place was just to reduce transmission risk. If you have comfort that it is reducing transmission risk, that, that would definitely be worth, um, doing, or if you're in a higher risk category, um, then I think it's definitely worth doing. You know, I, I view this and I view all vaccines as a risk management problem. Um, now it's, it's much harder to take that line uh, in this case because of the lack of solid information coming out of, you know, <laughs> the, the sources we would normally trust on such issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes it a lot harder to, to, you know, statistically analyze your, your, your data and come to a conclusion. 
Uh, right. But I do think if you're, if your risk of a negative outcome is, is higher, it's probably worth getting the vaccine. And I know a number of uh, older folks who have got the vaccine and have had no problems with it at all. Had you uh, kind of interject something here? Have you, had you heard uh, some people saying, I know the news has been saying this, you know, well, the unvaccinated are giving the variant or giving different, you know, uh, variants of the virus to the vaccinated. Have you heard this? I heard about uh, three, four months ago, somebody was saying that was going to be the line that that was getting rolled out by the propaganda next. And so I have not paid any attention to that. (laughs) It's nice to have um, some trusted uh, analysts who can tell you what the propaganda is going to be next month. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, there seem to be a lot of problems with that statement if we kind of just take it through logically. So it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me that that would be the case. The, the only the only real thing that you're going to the goal should be to completely, um, you know, eradicate the virus. And the vaccine is obviously not doing that. There may be other methods that we could pursue that may actually do that. But until the virus is eradicated, it, it's completely pointless to blame one uh, people group or another. Uh, so what, what is your opinion of those who are refusing to take the shot? Well, okay, so um, uh, I think those who stand on principle and refuse to take it, um, I think they're heroes because I know how hard it is to make a decision um, where you're being socially ostracized. And I personally love people of conviction who are willing to pay the consequences personally and even professionally for their conviction. Um, I think they're good people, whether or not I agree with their decision. I just, I, I respect that. Um, and I've always respected that. And so even though I make a different decision than those who are refusing to take it, I um, fully support their right to refuse. Mm-hmm. Do you think the vaccine uh, vaccine should be mandated and why or why not? Uh, no, I think vaccine mandates are a very dangerous precedent. And, um, even if you thought that the vaccine was, you know, actually 99% effective at stopping transmission and, um, completely effective at reducing all hospitalizations, then I would say it still should not be mandated because that is a, that is a bridge that once you cross it, there is no going back. You have completely altered um, your society at that point. You completely altered the relationship between the government and the people. And Mm -hmm. once you cross that bridge, uh, you have left any sort of semblance of a liberal society and you are moving closer to an authoritarian society. How close do you think we're getting to that? Dangerously close. But I, I'm, I'm pleased to see that there is pushback and there seems to be a large number of people who are starting to recognize um, the dangers here. Yeah. Well, in your non-medical opinion, should children be getting the shot? Explain. Um, I do not think that this has been tested enough. Um, and granted, I, I again, I, I do not have the data, uh, but uh, hearing reports of 
impacts on fertility and things like that. It seems like, a, or, you know, heart conditions and, and stuff. And I, and I know that the, the heart condition thing uh, was pretty well documented. Even the FDA put out a notice on that, uh, that it, it is very concerning. I would not want my child to be getting the shot. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would not support that at all. What if they mandated it for children to go to school? Then I would be homeschooling. <laughs> yeah. You and lots of people, I think, uh, honestly don't know how they would even think they could possibly get away with it. But again, I, I, I don't know what their full intentions are, but, uh, I don't think they're, they're good, but, um, well, thanks for being candid and honest about all this. And, um, obviously if you're the one who's vaccinated, I'm obviously the one who's not. So, uh, I'm going to let you take over and, and ask me some questions and hopefully I'll be able to answer them all. So Casey, why did you choose not to get vaccinated? Well, there's lots of reasons. Uh, So let me just uh, see if I can, (laughs) I don't even know how I'm going to sum it all up. Um, So let me just go to kind of the, the main three things. And then there's some, some other things as well, but you'd mentioned this earlier, but you know, there's a cost to risk ratio I'm considering in this based on my age. I'm 40 years old. The fact I have no pre-existing conditions, uh, you know, knowing that there has been some fairly severe side effects from the shot, certainly in a, in a group, you know, of people, um, maybe not the majority of people, but, uh, why would I risk, you know, getting a potential side effect for something that is not that dangerous or deadly to me. Uh, You know, so there's a cost to risk ratio that I'm, I'm calculating there. So I think that's one of the reasons. Um, And then secondly, uh, you know, and I didn't know this until recently, um, but I was pretty alarmed by it. So it's it's actually um, furthered my conviction on not getting the shots, but um, this is out of uh, uh, Pastor Matt Keller's uh, article that I, I'll link in the show description. I'm just going to read a paragraph. Reports claim that the new mRNA vaccines by Pfizer and Moderna were not cultured from aborted fetal, fetal cell lines. However, scientists did use the HEK293, HEK stands for human embryonic kidney cell line from a baby aborted in 1972 or three for early testing purposes. The use of fetal cell lines to create or test vaccines is troublesome. Yet many Christian ethicists insist that such vaccines while ethically tainted are not always sinful. So based on that information, I was really uncomfortable. And, and it actually made me wonder how many different vaccines in the past have I taken that may have had some kind of, addition or part of its, you know, creation process had to do with aborted fetal tissues or, or other things. And that, that, that makes me very uncomfortable, you know, and I just, you know, kind of piggy tailing off the first point, like we don't know what the long-term side effects are be like once, once I take it, I can't untake it. Whereas if I don't take it, you know, that's, it's not going to be in my body. So any long-term, because we, we can't possibly know what long-term effects are going to be like. And I just, I feel like there's a lot of magical thinking when it comes to vaccines. 
just they're this sort of magic super th- drug that's going to just protect me from this terrible thing. And, and then, you know, there's a misunderstanding of what vaccines even are. It's just a way to boost your immunity uh, for the, t- for the probable time you will actually get it, whatever it is, you know? And, and so it's like, I, I just, I can't, I can't understand why, you know, given the potential long-term side effects that could come up since we don't really know since these are, were made so quickly, which is a miracle, but it's also a little scary. Uh, you know, I don't want to take that risk. And if I were older and say, you know, over 60 or 70, I might be willing to take the risk because I'm near the end of the life, uh, you know, span than I am, you know, in the middle right now. So, and then, uh, you know, I think one of the main issues and why I haven't been jabbed, I am quite certain I already had COVID. And this is like a key issue, I think, has really been misrepresented in all the media and all the propaganda and the misconceptions going around, misinformation. Like it is well known and it's been documented from even, you know, both sides of the sources on this, that natural immunity is far more of a robust protection than uh, the vaccines. And both my wife, both my wife and I. Uh, had been visiting my in-laws, her parents. And uh, I think, you know, one of them had been around someone who ended up testing positive and then her mom got sick and then we got sick. So it was pretty clear it was COVID. We never did tests, but we had all the symptoms and it was really bad. I mean, I was so fatigued at one point uh, because we were both sick at the same time. I, you know, she needed me to help, you know, get up and, and get the kids some dinner or, or, you know, something. I just had to sit on the dining room floor and I couldn't move. I just, and it was so hard to breathe. And it just, it was awful. It was like this weight was just on my shoulders. Like one of those um, weighted vests was just put on me. And I just, I mean, it was, it was miserable. And in fact, uh, my wife was using her emergency inhaler quite a bit because she has asthma. We're more worried about her given that and, you know, potential pneumonia or something. And so, you know, we basically said, okay, if it gets any worse than this, like over the next day or so, we're going to go into the hospital. And thankfully it sort of peaked and, and leveled out from there. And then we started to get better. And of course we were taking a number of things. Uh, we didn't have any of some of these preventatives that are out there, uh, which is, that's a, you know, that's another point is there's a whole, host of great preventatives out there. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, high levels of vitamin D, C, zinc, things that have just been totally railroaded and gaslit for no good reason that I can see. I don't know if it's just crony capitalism or if it's just the critical Marxists wanting to disavow this because they want the division. I mean, you know, it sounds all like conspiracy theory, but I mean, then you got to go, well, why are they discrediting all this stuff that's been proven over years and years and years of scientific research and study with this one virus? Everyone has so lost their minds with this. That's why I wanted to go back to, you know, second Timothy, be of sound mind. People are hysterical and we cannot even look at just honest data and information and make an informed decision. And right. so, and so that, so the, you know, the preventatives there that are so uh, helpful and, you know, which really takes the, the fangs out of this for most people, like it's a totally, 
treatable illness if you catch it early and start treating it with some of these things. Um, and then, you know, natural immunity. Where did natural immunity go? I mean, the, right. whole, the whole point of vaccinate, vaccinating, you know, is to help reach herd immunity quicker and to, to minimize your hospitalizations and deaths. And, and uh, now it's just about getting the shots regardless of, of anything else. You know, just to be a member of society, it makes no sense at all. Unless yeah. it's not really about the medicine or about your health. It's about something else. We've been, we've known about natural immunity. How long? I mean, I don't even know. I mean, forever, you know, it's, this is not a new thing. And so the fact that we have people like Fauci out there lying or just undermining that um, it's insidious. And so that that's the main reason. So, I mean, in a sense, I could say I am vaccinated. You know, if someone asked me, have you been vaccinated? I might just say, yeah, I have immunity without going into details. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's an appropriate response. And uh, I'm not saying that on my own opinion. I've heard, you know, PhD um, biologists of the, you know, of the appropriate uh, fields saying very similar things. You, the, the, the goal is to get immunity. Um, and that, that kind of reminds me, that's something I would add to my comments is, you know, we should all be looking to get immunity and um, vaccines is just one of the paths that we can look into. Um, the, 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 we should definitely not be ignoring this and thinking, uh, you know, being totally Pollyannish about this virus, because especially with the Delta variant there, the hospitals are, are totally overwhelmed. Um, and that's not just news media, um, you know, hype. It, the, there are a lot of people probably around our age who are in the hospitals needing help breathing. Um, and they're overwhelmed. They're completely stressed. Um, and it's, it's a pretty bad scene right now. You have any idea about the vaccination unvaccinated levels as far as those who are being hospitalized, you know, cause I mean, Oh, I keep hearing like the 95%, 99% statistic. I, I pardon the language, but that's bullshit. Um, and that's because I personally know of people who have been fully vaccinated and who ended up on ventilators, um, you know, and so, or even, you know, someone who had one shot and still ended up on a ventilator. Well, if you've got a vaccine that's supposed to be 70% effective with the first shot, then that should not happen at all. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't believe that statistic there that just uh, intuitively that doesn't make sense. Um, well, but yeah, they, I, I guess yeah. what I'm trying to get at is regardless of that, that particular point, our, our focus for if those should, should be on, you know, finding ways to, um, boost our, uh, immune response to this virus, whether it's some of these, in these, uh, preventatives that you mentioned or some, uh, something else. I mean, obviously people have to research that for themselves, but no, we, we were talking before we recorded about just how, Lots of, now, not all of them. I mean, there's, there's a lot of really good doctors and nurses who are speaking out and saying, Hey, we have concerns about these things and they're being gaslit and fired. And I mean, all these people who are the heroes of the pandemic are now being thrown out like yesterday's garbage. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And we're ignoring all the preventative treatments. We've lost our minds. And, you know, we should be celebrating the fact that, yeah, we can treat, if we get this treated early, you know, it's very likely that, uh, you know, we can, we can beat this thing 
and not have to do see a lot of deaths from this. And so just the hypocrisy of it and, and the dishonesty is another reason I wouldn't go and get a shot, you know, but natural immunity is one of the main reasons. Like I don't, you know, based on all of our science, uh, you know, true science, medical science, um, long before COVID, we've understood natural immunity to be, you know, very protective. Once you have had the flu, do you go get the flu shot? No, that's stupid. <laughs> you know, it's the same here. And yet there are, have been people, you know, trying to push for those who, who have had the virus to still go and get the shot. Why? Just because, you know, it may help to boost your immunity more. I'm like, yeah, you're not winning me over on that. That sounds to me like you're just pushing to get, have me get the shot for no reason. And, right. you know, I just, you know, based on, on known science, it doesn't make any sense to me. And like we've already mentioned, we already know there's forces, both political and spiritual that want to divide us over this issue. I mean, that's, yeah. that's obvious. It's obvious. Um, yeah. And I, I think that, is, I, sorry, I don't know if I finished uh, asking you the, the question. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm still going through my list of why I didn't get the shot, honestly. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, um, there's a couple of quick uh, other points I think are really important. Um, and, you know, the point of this is not to be political. But unfortunately, it's hard not to be because they've intentionally made it that way. It's another, you know, way to try and divide us. Well, you know, you're just being uh, uh, some Republican hick who lives in the swamps who doesn't, you know, believe in vaccines. No, that's not true. It's not even close, you know. And this is not a, like, if you step back and really look at this objectively, plenty of people from both sides of the aisle are saying no thank you to this. For lots of very good reasons. Uh, some of them, maybe they're conspiracy theorists, QAnon followers. In fact, I would say I know some of those. Uh, I don't think that's the majority of people. Um, well, I mean, even with that, there are psychological reasons why that's that stuff is occurring. Really, that's a totally different topic. But uh, I don't, I don't discount those people as lunatics. I, I think people are coming face to face with the reality that's far darker in some ways than what they have uh, the intellectual toolbox to explain. You know, I, I've yeah. seen a number of Republicans go full QAnon, and it's it's very interesting. And I and I, yeah. Anyway, that's a totally different topic. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'll just wrap up on you know that kind of tangent. Um, one of the political commentators I enjoy listening to. But it says all the time, I'm, be, I'm becoming Alex Jones with Bible verses. And, you know, basically saying, like, I can believe all of the conspiracies now for the most part because I've been lied to so many times. And who, who would have thought like a year and a half ago, I, I couldn't buy toilet paper at the store? Like, that's how crazy this has become. And, yeah, I, you know, basically he's saying, yeah, it's not hard to believe anything now. And, then, of course, the whole point of this podcast is understanding the times we're in. And, I mean, uh, you know, I've been thinking about adding to the podcast more content and doing, uh, you know, trying to get more episodes in and just like going through a news article that points to the crazy stuff going on and commentate on it because there are so many I can't even keep up. I mean, we are rapidly approaching uh, that sort of uh, pattern we see in Revelation of, of a, a one world government, a one world order one world currency, you know, those things are, are there. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to get in, off into an eschological ta tangent here, but, 
you know, w- with all of the stuff we're talking about, it's a pattern uh, and it's, it's um, moving us more and more toward that divide and conquer. And, and in fact, even just tonight, um, uh, pastor I was listening to was talking about how, uh, you know, do you uh, really think they're not going to eventually ban the Bible as hate speech? Cause you're wrong. They, it will likely happen. It I, will. Yeah. And it will, they will tell you it's a public health concern. <laughs> yeah. Just like racism is a public health concern. Right. So, so getting back to the vaccines, um, here's another thing. These, these are a couple of data points. And again, it depends on where you're getting your data, but if you check enough sources and they're honest and objective about it, here's some things that do seem pretty solid and true here. I've heard them from more than one source. Okay. And the first Israel is a great example of why I don't buy into this. Well, the unvaccinated are giving it to the vaccinated because like 80%, I think of the country of adults in the country are vaccinated of adults over 16, something like that. It's a high number. So, I mean, it's, I think the most vaccinated country in the world at this point, and they are seeing huge spikes in cases of the variants. So what's with that? You know, if this was the end all be all with the shots, this shouldn't be happening. And let me be clear too. I am not here to try and guilt someone who has gotten the shot. I mean, I'm talking to someone who got it and, you know, into, well, you shouldn't have done that. That's not my place. I'm just saying, here's the things I'm seeing. What make me go, nah, this is all my own discernment and opinion on this. Take it with a grain of salt. If you're a high risk and you think, um, you know, potential side effect risk of the, of the, uh, vaccines uh is worth it or low in your case i'm not going to stand in your way you know it's not my place to do that but that that data from israel i think is telling uh, just like you were saying about uh, the hospitals you were seeing how we f- were pretty sure that was bs the number they were giving because again we they've been lying about a lot of this stuff and if you don't believe that i, I don't know what to tell you at that point i mean because the media have been lying about all kinds of stuff what makes you think they're being clean as the driven snow on this issue? I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not true. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I should clarify that um, the firsthand reports from, from healthcare practitioners that uh, in your, uh, we're in getting your area. here. Yeah. That are that uh, probably the majority of the most severe cases are unvaccinated. Um, and so, I mean, that is worth considering too. Mm. Um, you know, and that, that, that is a data point that, that we need to, you know, take into account. Um, it's not, but the 99%, 95% figure is definitely not accurate. It's right. something less than that. It, it may be well North of 50%, but it's not 99%. Right. Uh, another data point I think is very significant. Um, and this, again, it's one of those things that goes, why would I believe any of this? The Pfizer shots. Do you know if the Pfizer shots were approved? I, you know, I, I heard that they were, but I'm not entirely sure that's true. As far as I know, that is not true. That is total misinformation. They have actually approved a different vaccine for a future date and cleverly sort of folded it into this to make it sound like the emergency authorization had been lifted. As far as I know, it has not. And of course, they're saying anyone who's who's 
saying that as a conspiracy theorist, but you know, there have been people I've listened to. You can still call the number for, I think, Pfizer, and it'll say we are still under the emergency use authorization on this. Uh, I think it's it's a total yeah. charade to try and get more people to get the shot. Again, why would you do that? Why would you go through these deceptive sort of means to to get this out there, you know, if it's just a... A normal vaccine you know and i'm not even saying you know that there's some conspiracy of you know they're pumping it full of something i all i know is that the way they've handled this has been horrific and yeah if it is a perfectly normal perfectly you know well-intentioned vaccine which it may i wouldn't say normal because it is a i don't know if it's a perfectly well-intentioned vaccine um the way they've handled it is definitely not intended to convey that yeah yeah. You know, and, and, on that, and on that point, you know, I mentioned this earlier. Why? Why? 40, 40% of healthcare workers are refusing the shots. Why is that? I mean, doesn't that tell us probably something? I mean, well, probably because they're already immune and there's no upside. There's only downside. There's, and that's got to be a, a big part of it, too. Like, they're not, we don't know how many of them have natural immunity because they're not talking about it. Because what's natural right. immunity? It's like, we don't even know what that is anymore. Yeah. And so that, that's, again, it's this, this, that is the most bizarre thing that natural immunity is just sort of not a thing anymore is just bizarre. And that, that tells you that the, that alone should tell anybody that there, that there is definitely dishonesty in the way that this is being handled from a public health perspective. I mean, I have a hard time with anyone who thinks this is just, you know, they're being perfectly honest about all these health issues. I mean, if you, that is just a, it's a very naive position. I mean, again, and, and a lot of these people have been proven liars. I mean, with all the emails for Fauci, especially. Okay. I mean, I never, never had a beef against Fauci, you know, but when someone starts lying to me about things that are, you know, have to do with my healthcare or the wellness of my child or what I can or cannot do or put in my body, I, I'm going to have some issues and some questions and, he just lies and he right. flip-flops back and forth all the time. Masks are, are not necessary. Masks are necessary. And then his private emails come out and say masks aren't necessary. So then he's lying. And then he's lying about the fact he never perjured himself in front of Congress, but he, they were doing gain of function research. And I mean, all this stuff, you know, it's very troublesome. You know, I, I think, you know, here, this, this, this occurred to me, Dave, David, I was trying to like figure out why, why are people so willing to just, especially when it comes to, to health issues, just, and, and this issue in particular, sort of just deny reason or ignore some of the lies or just dismiss everything as conspiracy. And I think, I think the, one of the main issues behind it, which I can completely relate to is people just want to get back to normal. They just don't care. They said, just give me the shot and let's get back to life. I think that's why so many of the vaccinated were so pissed when then they came back around after like a month and said, well, vaccinated still have to wear masks. They still have to distance, blah, blah, blah. They're going, wait a minute. I, I went and got your experimental injection and now you're telling me I got to do all the stupid things still. I think they're just, there's a desperation to get back to some form of normalcy, some form of, of, of life that is not constantly under trauma. 
to find a place of safety. And so there's this very um, passionate, intense reaction to, we just got to get vaccinated and get, get this thing over with. And I, what I want to say to people is, look, I don't think this is ever going to be over. It's, it's, I mean, certainly it's not going to be over until we say it's over. I mean, we, the people, because at some point, when do you just say enough is enough? Like, you know, now we're on an MU variant that's, that's coming down after Delta, you know, at some point you go, okay, there's just going to keep being variants and we're going to just have to learn to live with it. And we've got all these wonderful preventatives. It's very, uh, you know, uh, we can do and, and, and treatments we can take early on if we get sick and, and, uh, you know, for those who want to continue booster shots, that option's open, but, uh, you know, there, there needs to be an understanding, like getting back to normal. What does that mean? Because, uh, for all the terribleness of the last year and a half, what normal was before this still wasn't good. I mean, we need to understand the times in which we live. That's, that's the point of this late hour. And I think we, people are just, they're in a very naive place in regards to all of this. And there's that desperation, just get me back to normal. Friends, I don't know that we're getting back to normal, not in the sense that, you know, the word that people are thinking of. And I think we need to be a little more realistic about that and, and uh, not set our hopes on normal, but set our hopes on Christ. What do you say, David? Yeah. You know, I, I, I kind of have this, um, it's so easy for us, no matter what position we take to get tangled up into the web of just interconnected um, uh, lies or incentives or, um, you know, even like the half truths. I don't know. And that, that sounds so negative, but like, when you're trying to live normal life, you are kind of earthly entanglements. Uh, Maybe that's a better phrase. And um, each one of those is never, they can never satisfy on their own. So there's always an element of it that's either false or at best hollow. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if I'm, I'm explaining what I'm thinking real clearly, but I always have the, the vision of those kind of, you know, webs everywhere you turn and just like, how do you navigate that? And you're looking at it and be like, if I crawl over this one, you know, I'm, you know, it's just, this is so numerous. You can't get through it. Well, what Christ does in the sermon on the Mount is give us the key to getting through that. And it is a, that radical renouncing, you know, um, our attachment to worldly gain, to worldly pleasure, to um, being well thought of, Mm-hmm. Um, is what gives us the freedom to start to, to truly navigate in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we could, I, I get so caught up in, in, in trying to, to figure out, you know, what the right solution is, you know, with when knowing that the, the authorities that we would normally turn to with trust are, are um, being placed very uh, blatantly dishonest. Mm-hmm. And the reality is I, I can't figure all that out. I don't know what the the correct answer is in a lot of ways, but I, I do think it comes back to what Christ said. Those who seek to save their life will lose it. 
those who lose their life for my sake will find it. And I don't think you can translate that into a direct, oh, I'm going to take this path through, you know, this controversy right here about the vaccination. I don't think it works that way. I think it's an inner attitude that um, starts to free us from worldly entanglements that starts to um, give us the ability to see clearly and and just cut through those webs and be able to truly move. Hmm. And I'm not there yet, but that's where I want to be. <laughs> You've not arrived yet, David. Uh, we got to end this whole show right now. Oh man, I got a long ways to go. Um, I, I know you've got a, a few more questions for me. You know, one thing that comes to mind before you finish with those, um, kind of related to what you were speaking of, is just you know, as a as a church, you know, speaking as you know, as the universal church, we have got to be so careful not to give ourselves over to idolatry. And God, God does not speak mildly about idols in scripture, either in the old or the new Testament. Unfortunately, there has been a lot of idolatry of the experts, uh, you know, just putting these specific experts, whether it's Fauci or whoever, a doctor or, you know, these set of doctors up on this pedestal. Um, you know, as if they are the savior or the, the ones who have all knowledge uh, or, or maybe the mask, you know, just clinging to it in this, you know, in this sort of unhealthy way of this is going to save me or, or even the shot, you know, Re- you know, regardless if you've taken it or not, um, we should always be uh, aware and alert to um, the possibility of idolatry in our lives. And making sure that we're loving the Lord, our God, with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and not putting any other gods before him. And I think we're seeing a lot of that. And then there's just a vacuous, you know, hole there in in society, unfortunately, because of the decline of Western civilization and Christianity. And um, (laughs) that is a, you know, a breeding ground for idols and, and false gods, unfortunately but we're definitely seeing a lot of that going on. And if we, and if we've been, you know, uh, putting any of these things up on a pedestal, we need to repent of that, you know, because God does not tolerate idols regardless of what they are, you know, health and safety can be an idol. And I think that's, that's another part of this. And it's just something we need to be very aware of. Well, what, what other questions do you have for me, David? Yeah, you know, I th- I think that you've kind of covered most of them. Um, I, I I think you covered like your opinion on the vaccine mandates, um, uh, and which yes, I, I, I am diametrically opposed to the mandates. It's a terrible precedent <laughs> to set. I mean, it's yeah, it's not it's not okay to be you know separating people into different classes like that. Yeah. Um. So okay, here's a hypothetical for you. Mm-hmm. Um, suppose, and I, um, kind of playing devil's advocate. This is not my actual position. Um, but supposing that the, the vaccine does turn out to be, um, completely harmful over the long term, and there are, uh, high levels of, um, disability or various other catastrophic medical effects that come out of the, this vaccine would, would you 
would that change your opinion of those who have been vaccinated? You know, if you're being asked as a taxpayer to pay for all of that. I don't know whether that would have changed my opinion of them, but oh, dear God, I hope not. You know, that, 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 yeah, that, I, hope that not too. I mean, <laughs> I don't uh, expect that to happen, but uh, for your sake also, you know, I mean, goodness, um, it would just, it would be crushing to my spirit if that happened. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily, I don't think I would see anyone differently. I would just be angry at the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of good people had been kind of duped into doing something for the common good that ended up being, you know, something really bad. I think that's, that's the best. Yeah. I mean, I could, say. I, I, could I could see a situation. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could just see a situation where, sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, the, the, where there is anger at those who did take it, you know, from those who did not say, and they say, Oh, you're now saddling us with this liability for your own fear-based decision kind of thing. And, you know, uh, I'm just flipping the tables, I guess, mm. in terms of, you know, viewing the two groups who's morally superior right now, because right now the uh, vaccinated are portrayed as morally superior, but that could, that could easily change. Mm. Um, you know, and I have a feeling there's going to be continued pushback from those, especially those who have natural immunity who say, look, this is completely pointless for me to be taking this. Why are you forcing this on me? And, yeah. and, and even though for those who, who aren't, frankly, I mean, it just, uh, there's supposed to be some announcements tomorrow from the white house on some six point plan for the unvaccinated. I'm, I'm really concerned about it. And of course, when this comes out that it will have already been, you know, whatever that, what, what, what that, whatever terrible news that is will have already been put out there. But uh, yeah. it's just, it's more efforts to just divide and conquer. It's really, really disturbing. Okay. So here's another question for you. Um, how do you deal with those who um, say that they will only associate with um, the vaccinated? They only see that they, they don't, you know, see any value in, in natural immunity or whatever. And their, their baseline is vaccinated or nothing, or, you know, they treat you as second class, like won't allow you in your house or whatever. Um, you know, how do you deal with that? Uh, questions? Um, all right. Bless you. Bye. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I'm prepared to be a second class citizen at this point, because as we've already talked about in, in some of our other bonus episodes, we know it's coming. It's just a matter of time, you know, will, will there be revival? Will some of this spark enough conviction and, and, and righteous anger in people to stand up and prevent it? Maybe, but uh, you know, outside of revival, you know, any temporary sort of pushback will be only that. And we've been promised that, you know, those of us who hold to the truth absolutes the one true god the i am we will face being ostracized persecuted and you know the hope and prayer is that this podcast can stay on for a good long while to help continue to bring salt and light and to a very desperate time and uh but yeah, I'm, I'm prepared for it. And, you know, and I, my hope is, you know, like the podcast can stay around for a while uh, because I don't know how long, you know, we've, we've already seen a bunch of censorship going on. And if the algorithms pick up on 
talking about, you know, this stuff. I don't, I don't know what that means for, for the episode, hopefully nothing, but uh, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so I guess what, what's your kind of strategy um, to deal with people, you know, who are enough in your circle that you don't you want to get rid of them or, you know, can't if they're family or whatever, who are treating you that way. Like, Cause I think this is probably a very real question that some of our listeners will probably run into, you know, leaving aside the big picture, ostrac- you know, second class citizen sort of thing was like, if you're being treated that way by just, you know, some immediate family who is also a believer, how, what's the response? Well, this is the difficulty because I don't know that I have a solid answer for this. And one of the reasons is because we already have, you know, you talked about this before we recorded confirmation bias. Everyone's already decided these are the magic, these are the magic answer. And if you don't have it, you are a danger. You're to, you know, you're reckless and ignorant and, you know, that the, the unvaccinated or, or, you know, the natural immunity person might be saying the same thing. Like you, you're allowing this fear to completely destroy your life. So, how, I mean, I, I don't, at some point there is no common ground anymore. That's, that's the, that's the thing, David. It's um, that that's the, you know, I don't want to say fear because we're not, we're not encouraging fear today, uh, but that's the concern. Uh, right. But I guess I got, I got to push back on you a little bit because um, you're saying at some point there is no common ground. I mean, that's kind of the point of our, our discussion today is just to find mm-hmm. common ground. And mm-hmm. obviously you're talking with me who is a little more in the middle and kind of on your side, um, you know, uh, on some of these things. Um, but these people are, are, are they are our brothers and sisters in mm-hmm. the church, mm-hmm. you know? And um, if there, there's a uh, tendency to start, you know, just be like, you know, see ya. If, if we can't come to, and I know it's a, the, the scripture says live at peace as much as you are able to live at peace with all men. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was from our scripture passage for this episode. Maybe, yeah. Maybe there is a point where it's not possible, but I, uh, I, I hope we're not there yet. So I'm just, yeah, like, I guess, I guess if I were to, you know, I, you know, if you're kind of forced me into some kind of a approach, you know, I just fall back to the scripture, love your enemy as yourself, you know, it's like loving your enemy is like pouring hot coals on their head, you know, just love on them. I mean, as best as you can, uh, to the, to the amount they'll let you and continue being gracious and kind and, and, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think arguing facts is going to matter at that point because no, again, yeah. it's that strong, passionate confirmation bias, that conviction that, that we've already settled this in our mind, that this is what's true. And this is what isn't true. And because this has to do with health, I think it's one of the reasons why this is so dangerous is that it's very personal. And so uh, for someone coming on and saying, I have second thoughts about this. It's like saying, well, you're judging me for having taken it. It's like, no, I'm, just saying this is for me what and why I don't want to do this. And um, this is why it's, it's such a, it's such a mess to talk about it. But, you know, I would hope through this conversation that people are realizing, look, I need to go and have a conversation with my vaccinated parents who are so afraid and, you know, and, and the way I can love them and, 
is just, you know, to put the mask on and, and distance from them if that's what I need to do in order to have the conversation. Even if you think that that is all silly, you know, there comes a point where we do those things out of, out of love to try and, you know, salvage or find common ground with a relationship. But uh, that's for every, every person to decide under conviction by the spirit and having some amount of discernment. Uh, to the situation and to what kind of people you're dealing with. Cause there's also the whole idea of don't throw your pearls before swine. And if, you know, there's, there are some people who have no interest in speaking uh, who are purposely wanting to mock anyone who's in the different camp or category. We see a lot more of that happening. And it's that spirit of mockery that's at work. And certainly that's at work, uh, that spirit of antichrist that's at work against the idea of Christ coming again, or, you know, um, the church having any, relevance anymore and um you know that all gets mixed into this as well i mean it's it's all kind of one big mess (laughs) so um just understanding having some discernment on who it is you're speaking to and and uh some people they're just not interested in trying to come to common ground at all and so starting there having some discernment and saying okay maybe these people are willing but i may need to to meet meet on their terms and you know, like I said, do the distancing, the mass, sit outside, whatever, and just talk through things. Yeah. And uh, even if you don't get anywhere, just the fact you had the conversation, I think is a good sign. And maybe you have a couple more conversations and, uh, you, know. you know, and I got to say too, I, I personally, I appreciate your humility when uh, dealing with this issue and you came to visit me, you know, and um, really taking those extra precautions, which were probably completely unnecessary to calm the the fears of my higher risk family member. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that comes from a, a spirit of humility and love being willing to do that. And I really appreciate it. It, it meant a lot to that person um, to, to see you w- willing to, to do that, even though it was definitely not ideal. So. Oh yeah. Thanks. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, again, it's, you know, discerning the situation and, um, you know, it, it goes back to that scripture, uh, you know, from the beginning of the episode and it may just be worth, uh, as we kind of transition out of the, at the Q and a time to read that scripture again, and then, and then wrap up the episode. But that was uh, Romans 12, 10 through 18. And this is really the heart of what you're talking about. Be devoted to one another and brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. You know, and I, you know, just going through that, uh, you know, it's talking about um, giving preference to one another. And that, that kind of speaks to, you know, that idea of, Maybe I'm masking sometimes, even if I don't want to. Um, now, this is not a commentary or you know, on policy making for masks uh, or anything. I'm just 
just in a, in a, you know, specific individual person by person basis We're we're going to meet them where they're at for the purposes of peacekeeping and, and common ground and, and, um, finding some unity and recovering from the trauma of the last year and a half, if it's possible. Um, yeah. You know, persevering in tribulation and, you know, blessing those who persecute you. So you were talking about, well, what if these people are just like, I'm not going to even really have anything to do with you unless you get vaccinated. We bless them. You know, I've had some, some people in my life who, uh, you know, have done me some, some harm emotionally and such. And, you know, I found that when I stopped and prayed for those people and, and, and prayed blessing on them, it just freed me from all the bitterness or anger or just that kind of internal uh, um, kind of feelings of just, you know, like they just it totally diffused all of that. And I think with this, there's something to be said of that as well. Yeah. And it's difficult and we're, we're in a difficult position, you know, with all of this. And um, because, you know, on the other hand, you know, I also don't want to bear false witness. And if I'm, if I feel strongly and in very strong conviction about some of these things, I'm not going to tell you to do them. If I think they're, I don't know if I say, oh, I want to say wrong. It might be too strong of a word, but say, you know, at least there's a strong um, reason to, to hesitate on some of these things uh, or, you know, so, so again, it's, it's discernment with the person, with the situation and uh, knowing, you know, who it is you're with. And, and none of this is easy. That's why we have to navigate it with the Holy spirit in wisdom and truth and going to the scriptures for guidance as much as we can and uh, just learning to listen to and to love people. Cause I mean, it's just, we can't be at each other's throats. There's already enough things that are tearing the churches apart. And uh, this is, this is not an issue where we're divided over the deity of Christ or, you know, transgenderism or something. This is just, it's just um, something we have to deal with right now. And it is absolutely something that the forces that are at work against what is good in the world uh, want to see us fail and divide and fall. And that we need to just remember that and, and say no to that. So all that to say, um, you know, where where does that leave us? We're still in this position where a lot of people are going to be afraid and you know, fearful to go to the store, still fearful to take off their mask, fearful to get the shot, fearful for those who haven't gotten the shot, a lot of fear. And so I wonder for the listeners, how are you doing? Are you afraid today? Are you fearful of death? Because honestly, whatever efforts we put forth to try and mitigate this virus, however successful or unsuccessful they might be, which there's going to be plenty of disagreement on one thing is for certain every one of us is going to die it may not be from covid it could be one of a hundred different reasons but we will die we are under the curse of death from the beginning for those of us in christ there is nothing to fear because jesus has told us 
and has demonstrated through his resurrection that he has conquered the grave. Let us remember 1 Corinthians 15, 52 through 55. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where's your victory? O death, where's your sting? Also, John 14, 1 through 6. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me, that is Jesus. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. For the believer, remember this. We have an inheritance that is awaiting us. Through all the stuff we talk about on this show, the Lord is coming. And he's going to make all things new. And for those who have given their lives to Christ and received him as Lord and Savior, there is no need to fear death, whether from COVID or anything for that matter. For those of you who are fearing death, aren't you tired of being afraid? We need to stop looking to external forces to save us. Instead, let's look to the only one who can truly save you and me from death. It's Jesus Christ. For the truth is, you really do have a virus, and it's called sin, and it has infected every part of you. But the cure has been offered in the person of Jesus, who had no sin, and he came to take yours from you, your sin, if you will let him. Turn to him in prayer and ask him to take away your sin and be the Lord of your life. You will not regret it. Friends, let's uh, live to a higher standard, loving all as best we can, regardless of vaccine status, masks, whatever uh, the next uh, group they try to separate us and split us off in. And let us continue to work on building God's kingdom here and abroad. David, it's been so good to talk to you. It's been a great conversation and I hope it's helped somebody out there to work through some of this and uh, regardless of their vaccination status, that we are all uh, image bearers of the one true King. And uh, hopefully that we can um, see some, some peace and some, uh, some less, less fear, uh, you know, within the church and abroad. But uh, if you wouldn't mind, I think it would be really good to end the show in some prayer. Yes, that sounds good. And I was thinking of um, Psalm 129. Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If you, O Lord, should mark transgression, O Lord, who would stand? 
for there is forgiveness with you. Because of your law, O Lord, I waited for you. My soul waited for your word. My soul hopes in the Lord. From the morning watch until night. From the morning watch until night. Let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy. And with him is abundant redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all of his transgressions. O Lord Jesus Christ, our God. Have mercy on us. Grant to your church that we may walk in unity and in faith and learn to love the way you have taught us to. Grant to us your spirit that we may see with your eyes and have compassion on those who disagree with us and have compassion even on those who hate us and grant to us your humility and grace. Help us to see our own sins and not the sins of others. Bring us all together into your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Thank you. It's been a privilege having you on again, sir. Yes, I very much appreciate it. Thank you, Casey. Look forward to our next conversation. And uh, until then, God bless you. And you as well. You have been listening to this late hour. Your contribution helps pay our fees, improve our equipment, and build better content. It is my hope that your continued support of our show may bring future interviews and exclusives. Our goal is to always be improving our show so that the church may be strengthened in our mission to bring salt and light to this present darkness. May God richly bless you.